0: What type of transportation moves more passengers than all U.S. airlines combined? What if it went electric? I'm Robert Colangelo, and this is Green Sense, where we cover environmental innovations like First Student, which gets 5 million kids to school every day in their buses, and those buses are now going electric. We're joined by Kevin Matthews, head of school bus electrification for First Student. Kevin, welcome back to Green Sense.
1: Well, thank you, Robert. Great to be here.
0: Well, we're old friends. Uh, we started out our Brownfield days working to revitalize blighted uh, urban communities. And you've been working on the electrification of school buses for a long time, what, over a decade now?
1: Right, yeah, starting kind of the first idea uh, about 10 years ago when we started looking at how you could cost-effectively uh, uh, deliver electric school buses to school districts.
0: And now it's finally happening, and you're so committed to this project that you've uh, joined First Student so uh, congratulations, and uh, that really shows a commitment that you, you've joined the team. Why'd you make yeah, the move?
1: Yeah, it does. And uh, Not only a commitment by me, but a commitment by First Student, which you, you did point out is the largest operator of school buses in the United States with some 40,000 units. We operate in 37 states and every province of Canada and, uh, uh, and territory as well. Uh, So it was not only the commitment I wanted to make, but that the company wanted to make as well uh, that kind of led us down uh, what's going to be a great path.
0: It's it's a great story. So let's tell it. uh, With five million passengers every day, the electrification of school buses must have a big positive environmental impact. So can you give us an idea of just how big that is?
1: Yeah, I think the simplest way to think about it is every school bus uh, automatically, even if it's uh, diesel powered, takes 36 cars off the road, because we're transporting the equivalent of, of that many people who would normally take their kids uh, uh, to work in their cars. So that's one aspect to look at it. And then when you convert that school bus to uh, an electric school bus, you're probably almost tripling the, the carbon reduction uh, You know, for the, the almost 100 cars uh, equivalent, because when you remove our diesel buses, uh, to all electric zero emission, you know, there's a pretty significant impact there. <clears throat> so the impact is significant, but I think what a lot of people lose sight of, I say school buses are almost invisible by their ubiquity. You know, we don't we lose sight of the fact that there are 480,000 school buses in the United States. You know, uh, that's the biggest single fleet of vehicles out there, period. Uh, and they operate in every school district. So, you know, the impact affects every single community.
0: Well, that's a good way to quantify it. And when we first covered this topic, I think you were on the show maybe five to seven years ago. One of the things that you talked about as a great benefit is that the school buses at night would be able to put power back into the grid. Walk us through how that would work. And is that now finally becoming a reality?
1: So, yeah, it's uh, that's where we started the project when we talked to you a few years ago. And let's keep in mind at that point when we had that conversation, there were probably 10 electric school buses on the road. Three of them were or or, or six of them were uh, run by us. And now we're at eleven hundred. So that that goes to show the the big job uh, that that has occurred uh, uh, in in a short time frame and, and more coming. But the vehicle to grid concept is, you know, Quite like you said, that the school bus is a battery on wheels, uh, more than uh, you know, one way to look at it. And school buses sit idle on average, 85% of the hours of a year. So when the school bus is sitting there, it can answer the call for electricity from utilities that may need it for a variety of reasons, uh, to balance the grid, to provide additional energy resources uh, as needed. And so the utility industry, the energy industry in general kind of sees school buses as the best place to start vehicle to grid because of their predictable nature uh, and because of their large size and that they tend to be congregated together in large parking lots. So the infrastructure cost is, is pretty uh, uh, you know, sane in terms of doing it. Now, is it a reality? Uh, yes. You know, I've personally negotiated interconnection agreements with Southern California Edison. Uh, we've backflowed electrons. We have saved school districts money. Uh, it's a reality. Is it an everyday reality? No. We're we're still far from that. Uh, there are many uh, still the technical issues. We think we've pretty much resolved uh, from the hardware side and even from the software side, of uh, the vehicle being able to communicate with the grid. But we still have policy issues. Uh, The utilities still have safety concerns uh, that they want to go through, but there are now, I think anywhere in the now, I think there have probably been 15 to 20 demonstration projects done with school buses doing vehicle to grid. Uh, So it's still coming, it's still going to be an option.
0: What's your prognostication, how long before that becomes a reality and commonplace?
1: Well, I think the policy can be worked out in the next couple of years. that we will be able to see more interconnection agreements done like you do a solar interconnection agreement now or stationary battery storage interconnection agreement now. I think it can become more commonplace in the next couple of years. The big issue is going to be where are the school buses parked? Because every utility territory has its own energy market. uh, And Mm -hmm. some of them are quite balanced, quite sound, and they will not need vehicle to grid. Uh, and so it will to be there. Other ones have challenges today that three years from now, they may not have that challenge. And those that don't have challenges today may have a challenge just based on their mix of energy resources that come and go throughout the year. So will all 480,000 school buses be doing vehicle to grid, you know, in the next 10 years at one time? No. But will we have solid pockets doing it? Yes.
0: Tell us, uh, give us uh, an estimate of the environmental and economic benefits of the vehicle to grid.
1: Well, the environmental are pretty significant uh, because right now uh, the utility grid often uses what are known as peaker plants. So these are often coal fired power plants that sit waiting for the need for extra electricity. And so they power up for literally some of them only operate a few hours a year, Uh, but they often have to run at a low speed being ready to provide power when they need it and they're pretty impactful the big impact they have on the environment so by transitioning to batteries be they stationary or on vehicles you remove all those bigger plants from the equation uh, and go with a very clean resource that can be charged those batteries can be charged by renewable energy uh, solar wind uh, hydro uh, whatever the case may be and so provide a much cleaner if, if not zero emission uh, uh environment uh, uh, or, or product uh, for the energy markets to access.
0: Will it lower utility
1: costs? It should uh, because again, you're you're using the vehicle you know like here at first student, you know we use it for a couple of different sources of revenue. So one we use that as a source of revenue to transport students and then we could use it as a source of revenue to you know provide power back to the grid so it's you know you're not building a dedicated power plant that's only doing one thing you're now using all these distributed resources that are all over the country that you know earn income or have or cost are offset by other activities they perform and then also do this so in theory it could lower overall electrical costs for consumers right now in the near term it's going to be a push because batteries are so expensive uh, that it, it's kind of a push, but they're coming down every, every month. The battery prices tend to come down except for the little bit of supply chain hiccup we're having here at this particular yeah. moment.
0: And everything takes time, even good ideas. So yep. beside reduced emissions, what are the other advantages uh, EV buses are going to have over the diesel engines?
1: Well, you know, the one thing that I think a lot of people lose sight of is that the children who ride school buses, you know, they have very, their lungs are still developing. Uh, they would be called, under EPA guidance, a sensitive subpopulation. Uh, and so we're very concerned about the, the exposure to of children's lungs while developing. This removes them from that environment entirely. They will no longer be exposed to diesel or any fossil fuel emissions. So the health benefits are very strong. The American Lung Association and a couple of other institutions have done fairly significant studies on the inside air quality of school buses on diesels. And it's not good. It's actually worse on the inside than it is on the inside uh, in a lot of those studies. And so this is gonna have a tremendous impact directly for the children and then our drivers. And a lot of our drivers fall in the sensitive subpopulation because they're retired people. So older people, their lungs have more issues as well. So we're kind of getting a double whammy there. That's the bus right around the bus directly. Then EPA has found that at three o'clock in the afternoon, some of the most polluted areas of a local community are around the school uh, because you have buses sitting there idling, waiting to pick up kids as also the people in their cars. And so then we begin to clean up the air right in the vicinity of a school. Uh, So you have the environmental impact there. And then collectively, as I said earlier, 480,000 school buses every community in the United States, you know, when you get them all to zero emission, the, the full impact is quite substantial. And it's just a great illustration of the old saying of think globally, act locally. And this is one way that every community can contribute to solving not only their own air quality problems, but global air quality problems as well.
0: What about those little ears? Uh, The electric are much quieter. What kind of positive impact does that have? Have you looked into that?
1: Yeah, we have. Well, it's all anecdotal. There's no study done to date yet because of the limited number of buses. But uh, in talking to our drivers, uh, they say it is very, very profound difference The children are quieter on the bus. Uh, because they're not yelling over the diesel noise and other things. And so the bus drivers say the children are a little bit better behaved. They're not as amped up just by simply yelling and screaming, which will naturally do that. We've also heard anecdotally, again, I want to make very clear anecdotal. We're not going to publish a paper on this, but some of the teachers have said they've noticed the students who come in off the electric buses are a little quieter than the other students who come into their classroom You know, first period. Uh, off the bus, so we think that could have behavioral impacts uh, as well as study impacts. And again, right, you know, it's, it's quieter, uh, so their their ears aren't going to be impacted. And that's a bigger thing for our drivers uh, because our drivers are actually on the bus longer than than the children are.
0: Well, one of the real joys of uh, test driving electric cars that we get is uh, driving them. Uh, how do the drivers feel about driving an electric bus?
1: <laughs> they, yeah, I have yet to meet one that's said a negative thing. Um, A matter of fact, you talk to the uh, districts that operate multiple units, they have contests that the person who performs the best in terms of safety, on time, reliability, are assigned to the electric bus the following week uh, because it is seen as a true benefit, a reward uh, for for the drivers uh, because it is just a better performance. It doesn't vibrate. It doesn't rattle as much. It's quieter. And then it performs uh, 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 so much nicer than, than the other ones do. So the driver's feedback is more, more, get us more if we want them.
0: One of the challenges in the whole environmental industry is CapEx versus OpEx. You know, t- typically you have to spend more on your capital expenditure to save on your operating costs. So talk a little bit about how hard it is for a school district to go electric and the upfront costs versus the maintenance costs.
1: Yeah, it's, you know, unfortunately, you know, we're at that early stage uh, of uh, development. And so school bus, electric school buses are significantly more expensive, two and a half to three times more uh, than a a diesel bus. Uh, That's been coming down. Uh, We were three and a half to three. Now we're to three and a half to two and a half. Uh, So it it is coming down. Uh, But for a a cash constrained school district, that's a very big hurdle uh, to overcome. And so fortunately, uh, the Biden administration and the bipartisan effort in Congress uh, passed uh, in the Bipartisan Infrastructure Bill a $5 billion clean school bus program uh, that EPA is implementing. And so uh, EPA has plans to announce that program details on March 15th. And so hopefully by this summer, school districts will be able to access that $5 billion to offset that difference at a minimum of the cost so they can begin acquire acquiring them. You do see the benefit though on the operating side. It's clearly there. You uh, know, at first student, we operate right now 50 electric school buses, uh, and we're studying that very closely. Uh, we're seeing about 27 to 32% cost reduction uh, in uh, operation of the bus. And that's early on. So as the buses, you know, we know that will actually go get larger. Uh, because as the buses ages, that's when we tend to have more problems with the drivetrain systems. So we f- expect that actually to go up, our savings to go up over time uh, as the buses ages because they'll need less attention uh, to the drivetrain. Uh, is as-
0: that on an annual basis or or yeah. is that? Oh, yeah, so anyway. in three years, you've got uh, at least one times, uh, you know, extra the cost, right?
1: Well, that's a, no, our, uh, that's just a, an operation and maintenance so, so our, you know, our, our our cost, you know, we we know how much it costs to operate every bus per year, uh, and we're a little cheaper than than the average school bus operator because of our volume buying. Uh, but even we have noticed that that cost per year is about a third less. Uh, than than what we see on a traditional fossil fuel bus.
0: As I said, everything takes time, but it's all all the arrows are moving in the right direction. Uh, Kevin, anything else you'd like to add? What 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 would uh, the people want to know about uh, buses and and going electric?
1: Well, it's clearly here. I mean, the Biden administration and a and bipartisan effort in Congress has made this a reality for every school district to now begin to look at the option. And so this is no longer just a wealthy school district or school districts in California and New York, uh, where the states have really significant programs to do uh, electric. But this is for all 50 states. Every school district is going to be able to take advantage of this program over the next five years and begin to adopt it. you see this
0: spilling over into public buses?
1: So no, this money, this is actually a first, Robert. This is a big deal. That $5 billion was the first time the federal government ever set aside specific dollars for yellow school buses. Uh, Yellow school buses have always had to compete against transit buses for funding. uh, And transit buses win because they travel more miles than we do per day on an individual bus. Though there are 66,000 transit buses in the United States, 480,000 school buses Hmm. in the United States. We always felt like we were a little shortchanged, So we were very happy uh, that Congress set aside specifically $5 billion for yellow school, for clean yellow school buses. Uh, And that's been a major change uh, for for the industry. Transit buses, they receive funding through another mechanism uh, in the bipartisan bill. They also have another source of funds uh, that they traditionally access through the Department of Transportation. Uh, So that was a big deal.
0: Well, Kevin, don't be a stranger. Uh, hopefully we'll get you back on on the show. Congratulations on the new move. And thanks for sharing that information with us.
1: Well, Robert, thanks for your interest in spreading the word about this. We're very excited about it uh, and look forward to a growing future. And as I said last time, let's do a road show. Let's do this uh, next interview. If we do it, let's do it on one of our buses while we're driving around. Sounds wonderful. Sure your, your, your audio people will say, wow, we can actually do a story on a bus on the can... radio now.
0: Right, thanks, Kevin.
1: Thank you, Robert. Have a nice day. That's
0: Kevin Matthews, head of school bus electrification for first student. I'm Robert Colangelo, and this is Green Sense. Subscribe to our podcast at greensensefarms.com. And listen to the Green Sense Minute Thursdays and Saturdays at 1059 WBBM Chicago.